is Paige Hughes, yes? It is Paige Hughes. Middle name disclosed. Middle name disclosed? Is that? I don't know. Disclosed? Disclosed means you tell people. Oh, middle name disclosed. Okay, so Paige, middle name not disclosed. (laughs) Um, uh, You've been on the podcast before, once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) A few times. How are you doing today? Uh, and also, have you read any romance novels since uh, your last recording? I have not read romance novels since our last recording, um, but I'm interested the to hell? hear about some. And I know I don't really have that much free time, and when I do have free time, I just kind of like to play Animal Crossing. That's fair. That's been me I like mean, this past week. It's just Animal Crossing. I've been playing a lot of Anno 1800, so I can't really say anything. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm deeply offended. Although the conceit of this show is that I talk to people who don't really read romance novels, so I can't say I, I, I can I I have free reign to complain. Um, however, I am going to complain about it. I wish my friends would read romance novels. Maybe one day we can still talk about day. Twilight. I've read that. We can still talk about Twilight. Uh, all right. So, Paige, we're not talking about Twilight today, Aww. but we are to talk about well we're taking a dip into the cressley cole hole oh okay are you excited i am what do you recall about the last cressley cole joint we uh we examined um that was with please excuse me for my confusion Uh, they get kind of mixed up in my head because you do talk a lot about a lot of different books and a lot of different authors was the episode with the vampire a Cressley Cole novel? That was a Cressley Cole joint. That I was, was a... I was right. Yeah. Uh, well, we've only done good. one Cressley Cole book. Uh, that was uh, The Warlord Wants Forever. Yes. With uh, Nikolai and Mist. And that was yes. the first book in the Immortals After Dark series, originally published in an anthology uh, called Blood Red Kiss. Uh, and now, today, we are doing the second in the series. Oh, yay. A Do return you to the take... characters. Yeah, do you want to take a guess as to what what today's uh, nonsense is going to be about? I bet it's about Nikolai's brothers, or one of mm. them. Mm. That is a really good guess, but no. Uh, <laughs> like, every other book is about Nikolai's brothers. This is, <laughs> this, this is an off one. Um, so this one is actually about uh, the wee little vampire Half vampire, half Valkyrie that we talked yes, about in the first one. Like their little, yeah, their like adopted sister. Yeah, or... their their niece, uh, technically. Their niece. Um, little Emmeline Troy or em- Emmeline. <laughs> I don't know. I, I prefer Emmeline because I think it sounds like very like Southern Gothic, like Emmeline. But you know, uh, so today 
we are not only exploring a half vampire, which I've been on a vampire kick recently. I'm recording a vampire episode soon <laughs> with somebody else. Um, it just kind of happened that way. I think I've also just been consuming a lot of vampire media because I just finished writing a vampire book. Yeah, so. that makes sense that you've been, you know... I was just like looking at my like in the great uh, vampire uh, literature. (laughs) Yeah, I was looking at my like list of of episodes the other day because we just got uh, approved to be on Pandora after two months. And um, I was just like taking a a gander through our like list of episodes. Right. And I was like, huh, a disproportionate amount of these episodes (laughs) involve vampires of some sort. but uh, I also just finished watching both seasons of What We Do in the Shadows. I Very good say show. True Blood, and I was like, hey. "Well, we also did that. Yeah, we also did that, and that was a trial for everyone involved." <laughs> hmm. What We Do in the Shadows has better music and better acting. Anyway, I believe that one hundred percent. It also has Tilda Swinson in it, and I love her. Yeah, she's she's in it for an episode. Um, I'm extremely attracted to Nandor, and if you know, you know. Uh, he's he's a like a former Ottoman Empire warlord <laughs> with impeccable manners, and he's very large. So, but I have to ask: Is the show on par with how good the movie is? For sure, for okay, sure. V and I good. were laughing extremely hard while we watched it. And we are we don't know what to do now that we've finished both seasons. That's good, but that's not I- what we're. I feel like uh, like spin-off shows are never quite as good or as charming as the movie that they're based on, so that's good to to hear that it was of equal it, uh of equal comedy and whatnot. It holds up. It holds up for sure. Um and and I think that's mainly because Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement are both like actively in the production. Good. Um anyway, that's what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the second book in the Immortals After Dark series. Uh, we're taking a scenic drive through the Cressley Cole hole, the cenote of Cressley Cole's <laughs> fiction. And so today we're covering A Hunger Like No Other, uh, hmm. which is. Okay, I want to. Disclaimer, real quick disclaimer. This book has. Several instances of what could charitably be called sexual assault. <laughs> okay. And it's not treated that way in the narrative. It's mm-hmm. treated as a problem and something bad that happens, but it's not treated like sexual assault, right? If it was treated like sexual assault, we would not have a happy ending. These people would not be together. Correct. Right? Um. However, you know, it's not treated that way. There's a lot of excuses for what happens. Um, and I, I was talking to V about it yesterday and she kept asking me like, I'm sorry, like, but I just don't understand how these people could end up together in the end. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand how anybody could get past that. And I was like, I get it. I, if anybody gets it, it's me. I totally understand. Uh, however, this is a romance novel. This is fiction. Um, and if you have problems with that and with the very real world consequences that are not addressed um, in this, then this is not the book for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm going to critique that. I'm going to talk about how sexual assault leads to romance is a really bad problem yeah. in in um, romance novels, and I've talked about that before. However, this is still my favorite book out of the series. <laughs> yeah, um, it, 
I think we had a conversation about this before where I wish there would be um, warnings on the books yeah. about certain things that could happen because there are still people that, you know, like that's that's like what they like to read and that's i'm not shaming anybody who likes to read that because again it's fiction these aren't real people but they do reflect on on situations that do happen in real life that don't end up (laughs) in in a happy relationship and and shouldn't happen in a happy relationship because that's not how uh we should uh treat women and treat people but I get no. what you're saying. And, you know, yeah, and it's it's one of those things that, like, this book was published in 2006, um, which is still basically the 90s. It's <laughs> true. And, and, and you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and make a bunch of excuses and tell you, oh, it's fine because it's fiction and, you know, it's whatever. Uh, that's up to you to decide. I, I understand the the impulse as a writer to make a character initially unlikable and to like do things like forcefully and, 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 you know, mm-hmm. but like, I, I mean, it's not necessarily my jam. I, but I, I do understand the need to, you set up a certain amount of plot elements. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, there are sometimes there are certain ways that things need to shake out or you've set up enough dominoes that when they eventually fall, you kind of have to navigate around the mess you've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you acknowledge the fact that the mess you've made is sexual assault, um, it, it, the plot stops because there's no way you can, you know, get past that. Mm-hmm. So I understand the need to just be like, well, I've done this. We just need to move on and and everything's fine and everything's forgiven and it's not a big deal. I get that as a writer. As a reader, I'm a little bit less forgiving. Yeah. But again, this this is my favorite book of the series. I think I've read it like six or seven times. It's been my quarantine comfort reading. Um, but I mostly skip past those points. Because <laughs> um, this book has a lot one. to love about it. Yeah. But but it is it is tough. And again, they make a lot of excuses. They make they give a lot of explanations as to why the things happen that that do. And you can choose to buy those or not, right? Um, just because you may be like, oh, that that makes sense and I, I forgive the main character for doing this thing. Um, in fiction, that doesn't mean you approve of it in real life. So I just want a big, big disclaimer here. It's a complicated thing. It's Everyone's opinions are going to be a little bit different. Um, some people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, move on. It's not, <laughs> this is just fiction, whatever. Some people are going to be like, this is, a, I can't get past this, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. But... That being said, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers, spoiler, spoilers, spoiler, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> uh, and one more, spoilers, because this is a deep dive. So strap in, and if you haven't read the book or you plan on reading the book in the future and you don't want to be spoiled, um, go to a different episode. <laughs> so we're going to start. It's a cracking episode. That one's fun. That one is very fun. Uh, I, I uh, shout out to, to Tiffany Roberts and to uh, Friend of the Pod, uh, uh, all the authors that have been so kind, including Tiffany Roberts and Amalia Dillon and Finley Fenn, been very, very good sports about their episodes um, and extremely, extremely kind. So go read their books if you don't want to be spoiled for this and then come back and listen to this one because I need your lessons. Uh, <laughs> okay, Paige, are you ready to go? Probably not, but let's do it. All right. So, the book opens in Paris. 
Paige, you've been to Paris, yes. I, I can actually say, yes, I have been to Paris. I have also been to Paris. It's the only place I've been outside of the U.S. besides Canada. I've been... I didn't, I didn't know you went to Canada. And my aunt got married in Victoria. Very oh. pretty. I got a bunch of sea monkeys there. I think I remember you talking about the sea monkeys, but I don't remember you talking about Canada. How interesting. It's a highlight. Yeah. But yes, I, I have been to Paris. Wow. Okay. So when you went to Paris, did you happen to go to the catacombs? Yes. No. Okay. I got confused for a second. No, I did not go to the catacombs. Liar. God, trying to lie for clout on this podcast? What's wrong with <laughs> no, you? No, I just, I got confused. Uh-huh. Uh, I did go to the catacombs uh, because I dragged my cousin, my aunt, and my grandma there. <laughs> and I was like, mm, death stuff, fun. I would have loved to go uh, to that, actually, but we didn't have time. It was very cool. It was also very short. Um, and I, it's not as cool as I will say I, I believe the catacombs in Rome are because... Uh, in Rome, they're actually like ostuaries, whereas in Paris, they're more like tunnels that just happen to be storage units for a bunch of bones they had to move one time. I want to go um, through the skull tunnel so bad. Yeah, I, I also would very much like to do that. However, they're pretty spooky and you walk around and you see all these skulls that are like covered in like, like moss and stuff and some of them have been touched by so many hands. They're all black and shiny and it's very, it's very spooky. Today, we begin our tale with Lachlan, king of the Lycae, which are werewolves in Crescent Cole's universe. Uh, he is in the catacombs of Paris, but he's not there like young Abigail was when she was 17, <laughs> which is to say willingly and excitedly. Uh, he is there because he has been chained and locked into a room in the catacombs and is being continuously over the course of 150 years burnt alive oh that's rough that's yeah a, and he's in a rough situation it's tough to be barbecued it's true uh and he is he is regenerates he can't die right he's immortal just like everybody else um and he is being burnt alive every single day and like the flame kind of ebbs and and flows so like he'll be burnt alive for like a week and then he'll get like a few days to recover only to be burnt alive again 150 years of this. Really, really bad. And he has been trapped there by the vampire horde. Now, I don't know if you remember from the first episode we did, uh, the vampire horde are the bad vampires. They're the ones who drink blood of people and, like, are not yes. Nikolai's crew. Yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. They're crazy. So no one likes vampires, but no one hates them more than werewolves. <laughs> I feel like that's a trope. <laughs> yeah. So, so Lachlan, who is king of the werewolves, is a is a strapping Scottish lad. Um, he's he's roughly in his like mid thirties, early forties, um, and he has been trapped by the horde, by the king of the horde, uh, and he he has been trapped there, being burnt alive for one hundred and fifty years. And so that's a bad scene, right? And then one day in the mid two thousands. Uh, above him on the street, a scent filters down through the grates and the Parisian sewage, which I assume is mostly baguettes and croissant wrappers. And uh, full baguettes, by the way. Very large baguettes. Not eaten. Just laying just in the sewage. Just floating around in the exactly. sewage. Exactly. Little ratatouille boats. Um, a scent filters down. 
and he smells it and he he and his adult completely fucked up roasted brain goes it's me mate oh no (laughs) and for the first time in 150 years he finally has the strength and the determination to get himself out so as the flame has ebbed he he yanks on his his uh his chains and he gets all of them free except for the one on his leg and he he can't get it out and he also knows that the fire is going to come back so in just, a fit just of just abs- well in a fit of absolute feral desperation to get to the mate he's been looking for for the last like 1500 years or whatever the hell um he claws through his leg and cuts his leg off. Yeah. And then he crawls naked through the catacombs of Paris onto the streets above. That's horrifying. It is it's it's very grisly. I love it. Just imagine like some some random ass American tourist just walking the street just walking around in Paris and then that guy it's, it's, just crawls out so it's funny you should say that because like that is one of the funniest parts of the book to me is that we don't get any inkling of like a how his like leg regenerates i imagine it's like the deadpool thing where it's just like a tiny baby leg for a while um and he's like naked uh. for who knows how long he's also a fucking madman because he's he's been tortured for 150 years he just cut his leg off he's been in there for 150 years the world is completely different when he crawls out of the catacombs he has right? a boner when he comes out he's fucking a raging boner just like the hardest talk oh my and god he's buck ass naked out of his mind baby leg like he's going crazy now if this happened and in new york people wouldn't blink an eye no they would and just keep I don't going know. Even in Paris, maybe they're all too cool. I don't know. Uh, the uh, Parisians, but... not the American <laughs> tourists, though. Oh yeah, it's true. Uh, all the all the German tourists are like, yeah, seen it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But surprise, surprise, uh, the scent is lost, and and he cannot find her. But he knows she's in Paris, so he has that. He has that shred of hope to cling to as he's trying to get his sanity back. Um, and so we cut to black, and in the next chapter, we're with Emmeline Troy. And Emmeline Troy is in Paris by herself. It's her first trip ever on her own. She's about 75, which is basically a baby immortal, right? And she's looking for her traces of her parents. She knows that her parents spent time in Paris uh, before she was born. And she's trying to figure out who her father is because she knows who her mother is. Her mother was a Valkyrie, much like Mist and all of the others that we have encountered before in previous tales. Um but she but no one knows who her father is because it's like uh her mother wouldn't say and also no one would pry because they're like oh my god she like slept with a vampire and like had a baby with a vampire that's fucking nasty dog her mother was the first to fall and then it was missed and then so on and so forth spoilers a lot of other valkyries end up with the vampires <laughs> talk <laughs> shit get hit man it- Pretty much talk shit, get knocked up mostly. Um, but she's looking for for traces of her parents, and she's not finding anything, and she's really despairing. Also, she has recently uh, lost her her like blood pusher, so she also now is trying to find someone to give her blood. Like she's looking for like a blood bank, anything, um, because she is young enough that she needs to eat every day, and she 
drinks from like baggies and stuff like that. She doesn't drain anyone. Like She's way too timid. I love it. Yeah, pretty much. Um and and so she's weak and she's kind of just wandering around Paris just trying to figure her shit out. And lo and behold, across the road, a man comes barreling toward her. <laughs> And he is clearly out of his mind. Yeah. Got a baby um, leg. He, he somehow managed to find some clothing in the interim, but he is like flipping tables, like left and right. Like, you know, all those tables in Paris where they're selling like paintings and shit? Yeah. He's like flipping those. Oh, He's God. like pushing tourists down. Um, and, and he tells her to come to him, and she's like, oh, nah. <laughs> And he's like, no, come here. And she's like, uh, nah. And and so she runs. And of course, he chases after her. And when he finally catches her, he realizes that the maid he's been waiting for, the reason he clawed off his leg, uh, his his reason for living these many, 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 many centuries and then the century and a half in constant pain is, in fact, a vampire, which is rough. It'd be a rough thing to swallow. That's rough, buddy. Yeah, yeah, he's very upset. It's he's upset, <laughs> and it's not good to be upset when you you're not quite sane. No, that's a that's a concoction for disaster. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, so so he doesn't take it well. He basically tackles her to the ground and then says some like crazy shit. And then is like demands that she take him to her hotel room. Oh no! Um, yeah, and <laughs> Lachlan over the course of this book, I want to say he he slowly does regain his sanity, and each time he does, he gets a little he treats her a little bit better. But he is also in kind of like a state of denial for like a good thirty five percent of the book, where he's like. It's it's not true. Like I'm so fucked up in the head that I'm like my my wolf my inner wolf is like confused. There's no way this could be right. And then when he finally accepts that it is right, he's like, oh well, it must be the universe, uh, giving me uh the only female vampire in the world as my mate so that I can torture her for eternity as my revenge. Well, that's not um, it's not that's that's not it's cool, not, buddy. No, and he's also, like, his impulse control is, like, super fucked up. He goes into, like, fits of rage whenever he sleeps because he's having, like, nightmares of being back in the fire and, like, and all the while, Emmeline is terrified of him. She is not a warrior like her her aunts are. She is a very soft and very delicate creature. Um, She's also extremely weak because she hasn't fed, and Lachlan doesn't think of that. Uh, and at one point, he he even like the first night they're together, he leaves the uh, blinds open, um, and he refuses to let her out of the bed and won't listen to her whenever she tries to talk to him. So he has no idea that in the morning when he wakes up, the sun is directly on her and she nearly burns to death in his arms, um, because he just he's not there. He's not there at all, and that's kind oh, of the no. excuse that. Cressley Cole gives for like why he say wakes her up with oral sex like the next morning um, even though she's terrified of him and clearly would not consent Um, and in fact she she kicks them in in the face uh, instinctively um, and like breaks his jaw or whatever and then he very nearly rapes her 
um because he's Yikes. so he's so out of his head like he just like yeah it's really it's a really rough scene um and i can see how that would be extremely hard <laughs> to ever root for lachlan <laughs> in the future yeah that is that's really that could be really sticky that is really sticky mm-hmm. i can understand why people would be upset with that because i think that's a that's a r- really rough situation and it's and it's unforgivable like in reality yeah. it's unforgivable. oh yeah 100 you know it, that is unforgivable if someone told me that someone did that i would be like don't ever see that person again like and get a restraining it, order all this all that jazz yeah and i at one point um emmeline is she's being tortured by this person who clearly like he tells her how much he hates her what a disgusting creature she is all this stuff and he's clearly out of his mind and she she can't fight him you know she's mm-hmm. she's weak she even if she knew how to fight she's she's too weak to stand up to this person who is way more powerful than her physically he's huge a and b he's much much older than her um so she she like basically threatens to jump off the balcony and he's like well you can't die from that anyway and she's like oh no i could die right now i could i'm weak enough that if i were to jump from this balcony i would die and that's kind of the turning point in that he starts to realize like it kind of knocks some sense into him a little bit and i think the way cressley cole approached it is that the lachlan at the start of the book is utterly divorced from the lachlan at the end of the book Mm -hmm. and like they're basically two different people they're two completely different people and the journey of the book is him getting his sanity back and mm-hmm. realizing all of the terrible, terrible things he's done to the woman who's supposed to be his everything um, and how badly he's fucked up. And, like, if you frame it like that, I can see how you can forgive him because it's essentially not the same person. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to make any apologies for it. I'm not going to, like, say that, like, oh, it's fine because he's a different person. Writing-wise, I understand it. I understand the thought process. I understand it, too. I understand the narrative behind it. I understand the character development behind it. And mm-hmm. overall, um, I understand the, the basic idea behind it and, and how it could, like, all this terrible, terrible man could have love in the future because of his, his lady. Yeah. And, and it's all fine and dandy because they are together now and they're happy. And that's uh, just kind of how it is. Yeah. And I think, like, narratively the journey is that um, while Lachlan is getting himself back and mm-hmm. is getting his sanity back and is recovering from 150 years of constant trauma, right? Um, Emmeline is, through his abuse of her... <laughs> learning how to stand up for herself and learning how to be like no fuck you you don't get to treat me that way i'm i don't care and he when he eventually confesses to her that um they're mates after he lies to her and says they aren't because he doesn't know what to do because he knows he's fucked up so bad he's like ah shit uh i mean no we're not uh uh, no um like he's he makes a huge mess of it um when he finally does admit that they are um she's like fuck you i don't care (laughs) Yeah, you've man. treated me horribly. You've done every horrible thing I can think of. 
Uh, and he almost got her killed several times. Um, throughout the book, Emmeline is being hunted by other vampires. Uh, and Lachlan has to save her a couple of times. But he, he straight up, like, almost gets her killed a couple of times. And Sounds um, like a Friday night. <laughs> let's see. Oh man, I'm just I'm I, I'm just looking at like my my stuff for my my outline for this, and I wanted to say also uh, in in the idea of Lachlan feeling like he has been assigned this woman by the universe as like revenge. Um, he it, it I think it has a lot of interesting parallels with the Flame and the Flowers revenge plot where. Um, uh, Brendan or Brandon feels that he, in getting married to Heather, he he is going to get his revenge on her mm-hmm. uh, over the course of their marriage. And what a stupid, stupid, stupid idea that is. <laughs> um, and how it always backfires because they always end up falling in love with the person they're trying to get revenge on. And then by that point, they've treated them so terribly that they have to grovel and like make up for all the terrible things they've done. And it's a whole thing. So I thought that was an interesting parallel. If you haven't listened to that episode or those episodes... I mean, you don't have to. Frankly, I wouldn't. But it's the first one. You should go check it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I will never listen to those episodes again, just because my God, I experienced that novel too many times. <laughs> that one um, sounded rough. Yeah, it's bad. But one of the reasons I really, really like this book, despite all of the stuff that we've talked about, despite the the critiquing of the handling of sexual assault and the idea of like ever being able to forgive a person for it, right? Mm-hmm. I love this book because I love me a road trip romance. And that is essentially what this book devolves into. Because Lachlan, the only way he can think to keep her with him without admitting to her that they are mates um, is to basically conscript her into being his chauffeur back to Scotland, back to his ancestral home. We love a Um, European tour. Yeah, essentially. Want to backpack across Europe this summer? Okay. (laughs) Find me a werewolf. Uh, <laughs> so Lachlan, like, he comes up with some bullshit. And he's getting, like, increasingly, like, panicked over the fact that he's treated her really terribly. And he's starting to really care for her. So he comes up with, like, all these, like, ways to keep her with him without admitting to her that they're mates. Because he knows that'll scare her off. Because why would she ever want to be his mate, right? Um... So he, like, promises her a bunch of, like, he's like, when we get to my castle or whatever the hell, uh, y- you can you can pick any jewels you want. And and like we talked about in, in uh, The Warlord Wants Forever, Valkyries are legendarily acquisitive. They, they like, shiny things. They like the shiny things. Emmeline kind of takes this quest, right, that he assigns her. Um as a a way to kind of assert her independence she's not going to ask her aunts for help she's going to survive this and then she's going to get her a big ass reward and then she's going to get the hell out of dodge and it's going to be like a coming of age thing for her like she's gonna yeah man this is her this is her start to like her immortality where she's going to be she's going to be just as tough and and willing to stick it out as her aunties um yeah that's okay Okay, yeah i would Okay. In yeah. That situation... All the while, mind you, her aunts are like freaking out. Like they, <laughs> they are they they baby her. They they're yeah. an extremely vicious 
uh, coven of women, but they they love Emmeline despite the fact that she's a vampire. They don't care, um, even though she feels like they care because they're they talk about hating vampires yeah, all the time. Yeah, I remember but, that you talking about that in the last book, where mm-hmm. um, Mist was like getting with her dude who's a vampire, and they were all like, "Ew, fucking gross!" And then not they you, look at Emmeline, and they're like. No, not you. You're, <laughs> you're different. different. You're, you're it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, just looked at my outline. Um, but I, I, at this point, I want to explain to you because while they're on, while they're on the road trip, right? They're simultaneously realize that Emma is being hunted, or at least all of the Valkyries are being hunted, including Emma. And they, Lachlan suspects, due to his familiarity with vampires at this point, um, that they are hunting for her because he believes that she is the only female vampire in the world. Um, He's- yeah, so he's like, when when they realize that she's that they're being hunted, he immediately suspects that they are hunting specifically for Emmeline. Um, and at this point, Emma sees Lachlan as he really is for the first time, um, and that is as a lyke, not just a big brawny Scottish fella, but as a monstrous Scottish fella. Um, <laughs> so I've made you, I've made you a wee visual aid. <gasps> I do care for the visual aids, except for Chav Robert Pattinson. Well, that was so tragic. Oh boy. Okay, I got it. Okay. What do you see? Uh, okay. It is a really pale woman <laughs> with pointy ears, and uh, she's she's holding on to this. Really nice looking muscular man wearing a kilt. He mm-hmm. looks completely shaven, which is hilarious. Not shaven in the books. I will say he does have chest hair. Eh, nah, I don't believe it. It's funnier if he's like absolutely smooth all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's surrounded by a little uh, wolf outline. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, he's a happy little wolfie. Um, <laughs> I'm into it. It's like a. This is so happy. So, in Cressley Cole's universe, like a, they don't, they're werewolves, but not in the traditional sense where they, like, thinking of what we do in the shadows, right? Where we mm-hmm. see, like, a, a, a man, like, hulk out and grow fur and get, like, two feet taller and turn into, like, an anthropomorphized wolf, right? Mm-hmm. That is not the case. In, in the books, basically, they have an inner beast, that is like a projection of energy that when they unleash it, it takes over their their body like a projector outline, basically a shaky projector image of a beast that like at the same time as their physical bodies like swell with muscle and they just get way more fierce and their like fangs get longer and they just they just become like feral men with this shaky projector image of a beast outside of them. That's an um, interesting can- take on it. I don't think I've ever seen that before. It's a pretty cool way of doing it and getting around the whole, like, they's a dog thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, I'm not against that, though. I'm not against it either, but Cressley Cole wanted to do something different, and I respect that. I respect that. That is is interesting. It's kind of like, oh, like, uh, just like your, uh, your, your beast souls surrounding you. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. That's it, it. You can very easily kind of make the comparison to like a spirit animal, but we're not gonna we're not gonna do it. Nah. It's not referred to as that in the books, so I'm not gonna put that on Cressley Cole. Nah. Um, but uh, so 
she sees him as that for the first time in this fight with these vampires. And then she is grievously wounded by one of these vampires um, at the same time as being utterly horrified by what Lachlan is. <laughs> um, bad, bad time to find out you're like sort of kidnapped boyfriend. I don't know. Um, your captor. I don't know. You, at this point, they've become like reluctant friends who fooled around a little bit. So it's kind of, I don't know. But uh, she's, she doesn't like it as I think uh, you could probably guess. Um, and he, they, they finally get to his home as Emma is like bleeding out in the backseat of the car. And like, uh, it, and it is here that we get to his estate. So Lachlan is a McReeve and we will be meeting much more, mu- much more, many more McReeves in the future. And they are basically like all werewolves are Scottish. <laughs> I didn't. For like, I don't know why, because you clearly said earlier that they were returning to Scotland and that they're like in Europe and uh, just now saying that all werewolves are Scottish. And I wasn't putting it together that this guy probably has a really thick Scottish accent. And that's hilarious to me. That is absolutely hilarious to me. I might. I wish I could do a Scottish accent. Not, I can't. Not but. gonna lie, I might read the book because of that. That is hilarious. Dude, I love all the werewolf books specifically because of that. All of these Scotsmen are fucking choice, dude. They're <laughs> so good. They're all Scottish. They're all a pain in the ass. They're all extremely grumpy and like it's it's very very good. The only one I couldn't read was the one called McReeve. Um, I got like. 150 pages into that one and I had to stop because it was just like it was really really dark um it had a lot of sexual assault and uh and it had a lot of like like childhood sexual assault in it and that one's um, one's extra tough to read through yeah it was about basically a werewolf who's a guy uh who he basically was tricked when he was like 12 uh by a succubus who convinced him that he was that they were mates and was like draining him while sexually assaulting him and it it was really messy and it ended up resulting in in um his mother her unborn child and his little sister being murdered later oh, no. when he's just a kid. Um, and it fucked him up for life. He, he like super fucked him up and he has spent his life like hunting succubi and, and killing them and drinking and just super fucked up dude. And then he stumbles upon his mate and like, everything's good. Everything's better. Um, of course she's, she's a half succubus. I was just about um, to say she is succubus, ain't she? Yeah, and then, you know, he finds out and immediately freaks out. And it's it's just, it's really, 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 really dark. Yeah. Not my bag. One of the very few of her books that I just couldn't get through. Yeah, that one's, um, that's, that's tough. But all the other werewolves, fantastic. <laughs> Bo, his cousin who features in this book, who is like, uh, don't be an idiot, be nice to your mate, holy shit. Um, because he lost his. Um, no. Or at least that's what he believes. Ooh, okay, I have a um, question. Uh, oh. Oh, I have a question. Yeah, Yeah, what's your question? In the Cressley Cole universe Mm -hmm. and her writings and whatnot. In in the Cressley Cole hole? Yeah. In the Cressley Cole hole. If you lose your mate, can Mm -hmm. you get another one? Ostensibly, no. Although there are exceptions. So um, 
especially with like werewolves, they are like the single most possessive and fiercely protective of their mates. Mm -hmm. And like they bond for life and it's like an immediate thing. Um, Kind of like the vampires, but like even more so. Um, But in the universe, it's happened a couple of times where you can be tricked into thinking someone is your mate when really they aren't. Um, So like... I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but that does happen where, like, someone that they thought was their mate, they lost. And then, oh, it turns out they weren't ever. Um, And that sucks. Um, (laughs) Or their mate dies or something happens and then they are reincarnated. So technically you can get a second chance, but it's the same person. Okay. Yeah. Um, That goes for, like, demons, too. That happens in one of the books that I really like. Yeah. uh, with the king of hell, <laughs> he his his mate dies, and then he waits like ten thousand years, and she's finally reincarnated again. That's romantic. He, well, he has her kidnapped because he wants to torture her to get revenge on her um, for dying. Well, no, because she really, really sucked in her first life oh. and really super screwed him over. Like she earned it, but also this lady didn't do anything to him. Oh, so that's... whatever. God damn it, Cressley Cole. Why are you so sticky all the time? Like, I'm sure I know, your books are fantastic. Rough. Clearly, I trust Abigail's opinion on those kind of things. And I'm sure they're beautifully written and the characters are interesting. But god damn, why are you so sticky? Why is it always kidnapping? Why is huh? it always kidnapping? Yeah. I mean, yeah. people do be into that, though. Again, it's true. We don't shame on this podcast. Listen, I-, I mean, I get it. I get the idea of, like, playing around with i mean i think it kind of has the same appeal of like the bdsm light right Mm -hmm. it's this idea that some guy or whatever uh is going to take what they want and through the act of kidnapping or you know sexual assault light capital l uh trademarked um (laughs) you the loss of control is in itself an act of trust and a, a sort of fantasy that a lot of people have so i get it i get it i i I totally understand the nuance here and and people are all coming from a different place with it um and also (sighs) plots are hard plots plots, um yeah they do they uh yeah they are they be they be as hard as a like who just met his mate for the first time (laughs) you feel we all know that is super hard uh, speaking of hard, Ooh. um, they do it in the woods. Gr- I-, I hate that. I am against <laughs> that. There's okay. I hate that so much. But wait, but wait. <laughs> let me explain how it happened. But wait. So Lachlan does some bullshit, and he is desperate <laughs> to to have sex with her for the first time before the full moon because he knows that he like will be extremely feral at that time. And he doesn't want to scare her. He also doesn't want to hurt her. He also knows at this point that she is a virgin. So he's like, we need to have sex like now as I'm like a regular person. Because if like, I just like, I'm so scared of fucking shit up when the full moon happens. And I'm like crazy with lust for you and all this stuff. Like, I don't want anything bad to happen. Please, 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 please just have sex with me once before then. And she's like, no. Um, So he becomes so desperate that he does another extremely problematic thing where he tries to get her drunk. Fuck. By, at this point, she is living off of his blood 
And it's like a very erotic thing for the both of them that like she drinks from him and they are super into it. But he tries to get her drunk by like drinking a bunch and then having her drink from him. And uh, the plan does not work. She immediately realizes that something is wrong. And he's like, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, yeah, that was bad. Um, I hate that. So to get revenge on him, she, she, the next day, uh, which is the day of the full moon, um, or the night of the full moon, I suppose, because she's only up at night. But um, she goes to give him a blowjob. And then she, she is like, I thought of a new way to, to feed. And he's like, yeah. No. Yeah. No. And so she she does she does bite <gasps> on his Willis. Oh no. And he's like super into it. No. Like wicked into it. Oh I um, hate. But then all she keeps that. drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking <laughs> until he passes out. This like immortal like she drinks so much on purpose that he fucking like just out. Uh in the middle of a blowjob. <laughs> And then she's like, okay, time to escape. <laughs> so what she plan? like, she can't find any car keys. So she ends up just like sprinting out into the woods. And of course it's the full moon and he recovers pretty quickly because again, yeah. immortal. Uh, and he chases her out into the woods and she has, through drinking so much of his blood, kind of gained the Lyke instinct, which is basically like an inner voice. Mm-hmm. And she's become sort of part Lyke through that. Um, oh. So she's like really affected by the full moon itself as well. And um, which is just another excuse to say that when he does eventually tackle her again, she's into it. And they do it super, super a lot. Very nasty, very intense sex in the woods under the moonlight. And voila, they are now mates. I hate, I hate, I hate when that, when they, when, uh, woods. There's so many pointy bits. There's trees, there's leaves, there's grass, there's moss, there's bugs. You don't know what's, what you're lying on. Pebbles. That's gross. That's so yeah. gross. Yeah, it's nasty. Tr- but they're like into it. Uh Yeah. It was so much dirt. Yeah, it's a lot of dirt. It's a lot of dirt. Worms come out at night. Slugs come out at night. Yeah. There's there's I, animals in the forest that come out at night. I mean, just, not not with the not with a, and then a, a werewolf. And then like a, just like then like a mountain lion comes out and is like. I find it hard to believe that any like mountain lion or anything would dare come around when like a werewolf is like running around being feral. And- yeah, the woods Fair. are pretty deserted at that point, I would assume. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but at the same time, you you just, uh, you never know. Uh, so to, to wrap this up, I'm sure you know. <laughs> I'm sure you know that it has a happily ever after. But I, I do want to say that oh, yeah. one of the highlights of the book is that um, Emmeline lets herself be kidnapped just as the, the Valkyries swoop in to save her from the big bad, big bad Lyke that she is now essentially married to. Um, and both Lachlan and the Valkyries watch as Emma is is taken by the vampire horde. Um, and lo and behold, uh, we find out that Emma's father is the king of the horde, of course. Of course. 
Oh, and also, um, I want you to know, uh, just a little side thing that's not really important, but I, I feel like I should probably mention just because it's like, you know, it's a little fun little detail. Um, her mother is Helen of Troy. Perfect. <laughs> just why not? And that, yeah, she says, and that's I don't know really how the funny. fuck that works. I don't have, I've been trying to parse out the math there because like the Valkyrie thing is really complicated and it's like human women who die in the battlefield right, right, right. are... Re- like they're they're resurrected by Odin and Freya, mm-hmm. but they're resurrected pregnant, and then the only it's said in the books that those women are still mortal, so that they die. But so was Hel. But if Helen lived to to the now, she was never mortal. But how was she? Va- how we never get the story. Like we never we never get the story. Um, I mean, could she be mortal, but, like, just lives a really, 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 really long time? I don't know. I don't know. She dies of sorrow uh, after her split with with, uh, the the king of the vampire horde, Um, which is fucked up because, like, you got got a kid, dog, (laughs) but whatever. Um, Mm. Like, you should should probably fix yourself. Anyway. You should Um, fix your priorities. Yeah. Uh, But uh, her, her father... Um, Emmeline's father is completely crazy. He's he's gone completely mad from all the memories he's ingested, from all the the blood that he has um, consumed from living people and living immortals. Um, he's totally fucking crazy. He also, it's worth noting that uh, he he killed Lachlan's parents <laughs> and like all this stuff. Like, there's a whole like blood vendetta oh my thing. God. Um, and the he's so crazy that he he's he's gonna kill Emma because he knows that Emma is a liability and it was his second in command who was trying to get her so that he could have a claim to the throne so he's like I can't have you around um so I'm just gonna kill you and Emma actually somehow through a lot of trickery and just like really clever thinking kicks his ass love that (laughs) she's grievously wounded but she she kills him uh, she cuts him up into several pieces because he tells her to. At the last moment, just before his death, he's like, I'm, like, really proud of you. Thank you for, like, releasing me from this hell that has been my existence. Um, You have to cut me up into a lot of pieces so I don't fucking come back. And she's like, okay! <laughs> so she does that. I thought that he was, um, like, into it. He's like, yes. Oh, you're yeah, a lot stronger than I thought you were. That's fantastic. Okay, please um, just, just rip me up. Chip, 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 chop. Uh, doesn't even like try to come back he's like nah i'm done he's like just fucking end it also he's he's living in in hell because he he is the reason that his he did love her mother yeah um but he was just too crazy he he was too far gone to to stay with her and to he tried to reform and like do better and like not drink from people after he was blooded by her mom but he couldn't he couldn't maintain it yeah and that's when they broke up and and then she died um and that's a horrible horrible idea right like like we talked about with with nikolai like a vampire's bride is is their reason for existing basically so um he fucked up bad (laughs) uh so emma is grievously wounded and she like traces herself to louisiana but she's like dying because he he fucked her up good too. Yeah. Um uh, and Lachlan Lachlan like poor Lachlan he he flies from 
Scotland to Russia, finds the hidden place that he knows that she's being held at, <laughs> uh, gets there just as she has killed him, and then she traces away to Louisiana just as he finds her. <laughs> and so he has to fly to Louisiana oh. from there. Um, and Nikolai makes an appearance here uh, because they, they can't get her to drink any blood to heal in the meantime. So he like has the idea that they use an IV to kind of pump blood into her. So she's surviving. Also at this point, Lachlan's brother is being held captive in the basement. But that's a different fucking story. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a different book. A very, very good book. Uh, another McReeve. Very good. Very classy. Love him. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, Lachlan gets there and is immediately put in the basement with his brother, who's like, shit, you're alive? Surprise. <laughs> Great. Also, is that your lady up there? Because she's fucked up. And he's like, yeah, I know. Let me, I need to go help her. So they like claw through the, the ceiling to get to her and almost like take down the entire house. And Nikolai ends up having to like support the house on his shoulders oh God. until they can get a carpenter there. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> uh, things all work out. Emma is healed. They get married. Uh, the Valkyries just have to accept it because at least he's not a vampire. <laughs> That's still fucked up. At least he's not it's a vampire. Super fucked up. Oh no, sorry, I'm a line. Yeah, you know well, also Nikolai. Nikolai, who's there? Like, <laughs> and they're like, Nikolai bargains. He's like, I'll help you, like keep Emma alive, but you have to recognize my marriage to Mist, and like, that's such a fucking low bar. Yikes. Um, so, so yeah, so they end up going back and, and she like lives part-time in Scotland and it's like a whole thing. And it's a very, very fun book and I highly recommend reading it. Um, I skipped over a lot, even though it may not sound like it. (laughs) What's it called again? A Hunger Like No Other by Cressley Cole. Yes. Uh, I want to see the cover art. Let me look at it. Oh, I mean... Yeah, it's not, yeah, it, you know. I like the original cover better. It had a re-release, I think, in, like, 2014 or something like that, um, which was, a, like, a slicker cover. But it was originally, like, a hand-painted cover, which I really liked. But Those are always so, so classy. They didn't ask my opinion, so. Uh. Oh, okay. All right, okay. Okay, not too bad. I do like the hand-painted cover. Yeah, right. That's really classy. As opposed to the one where he's just kind of like staring through a wrought iron gate. gate? (laughs) And then there's another one that's just like a girl and there's like a moon in the back. Which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so... It's a good it's a good start to the like a story. I I I like that it's very self-contained. I like that it's uh it's got a lot of like action in it. I love the character development. I, you know, I kind of mentally <laughs> leap over the really gnarly stuff at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um I I I definitely think that I every one of her books is very different. It's got a very different tone, which I really enjoy. Um and every one of her female characters are very, very different. Um, the guys are kind of all a little bit 
you know, they're all kind of the same kind of alpha male guy, <laughs> which is fine. But but the main female characters are very, very, very different from one another, um, which I enjoy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really good book, and I would recommend reading it, Paige. If you, <laughs> it's very fun. Um, any any of the ones with the werewolves on them, like you can read these in any order. Like they people appear in various ones. The one with Bo McGreeve is very very good. It's got a witch in it. Um, and he's also got his head shoved way, 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 way up his own ass. Um, and he fucks up real bad in the beginning. Um, but they're all, they're all very good. Uh, one goes to the Amazon, which is super cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. All the books are very fun. You can read them in any order. It's whatever. Um, I I like that. I like that you don't have to, you can just pick and choose as you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I read the first one I read, which is, again, I've said this before, but my very first romance novel that I ever read was one of these books, and it was number seven. And I understood what was going on. So, yeah. Doesn't and I was 13. Oh. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, to wrap up, Paige, do you have anything to plug before I head to my own plug zone? As always, uh... I'm a LA-based illustrator. You can follow me on the Instagrams at Paige Hughes. That's P-A-G-E-H-U-E-S. It's a pun. That's my name. What? In case, in, <laughs> in case you couldn't uh, <laughs> put that together. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, you're also on Twitter sometimes. Yeah, um. I, I should probably be more on twitter but i just i, I don't yeah, like my tweets it. damn i just i don't get it i know i also don't get it i <laughs> i'm there mostly against my will um i have some where well, this is going to be a little bit longer in the plug zone than than i normally am but i've got some updates for mm-hmm. everybody um this week i started a facebook page for the king with Earth podcast um I hate Facebook with every fiber of my being. Uh, she does. I she put never it off. goes on. I just absolutely despise it. Um, it's got too many flips and switches and flanges and levers and also fuck Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> you know, he destabilized our democracy and I will never forgive him. But uh, you can find it there. I know that there are a lot of romance readers there. I would appreciate it if you gave it a like. Um like I said at the top of the podcast, we recently got approved to be on Pandora. Yay. You can check us out there. Only took I haven't said months. this before. <laughs> yeah, it only took two months. I haven't said this before, but uh, it would really help the podcast if on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Most of our listeners are on Spotify, as far as I can tell. But you can listen to it anywhere. Um, uh, we are on pretty much every podcatcher I think. I mean, I'm sure there are, I'm missing some smaller ones, but we're on Podcast Addict. We are on Stitcher. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Pandora. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Um, I would really appreciate if whatever platform you listen on, uh, you could drop us a like or and a review or a rating and a review. That would really, really help. Um, people find it's, it's not necessarily for my ego, although that would also help me. Um, <laughs> It's mostly so that people can find the podcast. Um, the more likes and reviews, obviously, the more participation that the algorithms see my podcast is getting, uh, the more it promotes it. So 
even if you can't necessarily do that or you don't feel comfortable doing that, it would help if you could just like, I don't know, tag the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, tell a friend, just put it, hook your phone up to a boombox and walk outside your house and just start, you know, blasting it. Uh, you know, do all those things. Recommend it to your grandma. She's probably into kinky shit. Most grandmas are. Um, <laughs> they made your parents, you know? Stop. <laughs> uh, so I, that, that's the end of my spiel. But if you would like to find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, we are at Kingdom Thirst. On Facebook, we are also Kingdom Thirst or just search the Kingdom of Thirst podcast, whatever. It should come up. Um, you can email us at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. You can visit our website, kingdomofthirst.com. Um, or wait, my email is kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. You know what I'm saying. Uh, and anything else? God, I had things I wanted to say. <gasps> oh, I think that's it. I, I think that's it. Just help the podcast grow. Oh, 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 oh. I remembered. She remembered, y'all. I remembered. Uh. All of the books featured on the podcast, except for a very small number that are Amazon exclusives, can be found on our bookshop.org account. We have a bookstore through them that if you purchase the books that I've talked about, you can support the author, support indie booksellers, and the podcast. A very small portion of that profit goes to us, the podcast. Uh, And... We'd appreciate that. <laughs> 100%. Go get some books. Read some Spend that cash money. It's fun. Uh, yeah. And I also have a list of non-romance novels. If you're looking for things to get people for Christmas or whatever, I've got like 25 books on there. I'm constantly adding new ones um, that are non-romance focused, just like mostly nonfiction and some of the classics that I really love um, that I grew up with and stuff like that. My completely unbiased best books of all time. Um <laughs> and and so any any purchase you make through that all of those links will be in the description uh everything helps so do all those things i'm sorry this has been a very long plug zone but i realized i hadn't talked about a lot of that stuff for a while so here we are please like the facebook page i don't know i i worked on it for like five minutes i don't know how to use it too many flanges i I just liked it oh thank you pace i can't like it myself because then all my relatives will see it <laughs> and I don't want. I do not want to have to answer those questions. Parents listen to this podcast. You have, that's including your relatives too. I just Although don't want sure to your grandma the already listens to it. My grandma. Well, she's listened to like two episodes, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if she has figured out how to listen to the rest yet. Oh, um, I just realized I liked it, which means my mom might see it. Yeah. See. Yeah. So well, good. I mean, she probably <laughs> won't even mom. know. Like, sh- I'm sorry. I- <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mrs. Hughes. Uh, <laughs> alas, I I'm not ashamed of my family knowing what we talk about on here because, like, I don't care. I'm but- not either. I'm just uh, for her sake. Yeah, I just mostly I don't like I don't have the energy to like explain. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. I don't. First of all, explain what a podcast is. I talked to my grandpa the other day and he was like, well, what have you been doing with your time? And I was like, well, do you know what a podcast is? And he was like, a what? And I was like, well, 
all right, it's like a radio show, but it's on the internet. And he's like, oh, I see. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what do you talk about? And I was like, talk about romance novels. And, uh, and he was like, aha! And I was like, yeah, well, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much every interaction I've had with my family in the past, like, two months. So, uh, yeah, are you in college? No. Are you writing books? Yeah. Are you making money? No. Well, what are you doing with your time? start a podcast <laughs> about what <laughs> romance novels it's, oh, it's oh. <laughs> you know i'm nothing it's not a cliche and i'll, I'll take that i'll take that page <laughs> all righty bud it's been fun uh read the book you know read the book read the book support cressley cole support cressley cole i hope she's having a good day Me i hope too. brandon fraser's having a good day um anyone else you hope's having a good day i'm I'm just staring at my lava lamp right now i don't i I hope you i hope you have a good day oh shit that's nice i hope you have a good day too thank you i'm gonna i'm gonna get started on um oh god i have to read a terrible book today to do the podcast episode tomorrow but (laughs) i'm working on i'm starting my second draft of the book uh on monday maybe i don't know yeah i'm excited uh so all right my love, my lady, my page. <laughs> it's been fun. It has uh, been fun. Listeners, I was going to say Bon Voyage, but that doesn't seem right. Well, that's a good journey. I guess good journey into your day. Have a good rest of the week. Um, holidays are coming up. I hope. I mean, Buenos uh, now is a terrible time, but man, I still hope you have a good holiday. You know? Yeah, man. Or what for whatever you celebrate. I hope you have a good holiday. Or no holiday, if that's your bag. Yeah. Um, do what you read some romance novels. Do what you want. Do whatever you want. Yeah, man. Alright, this is the end of the podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.